here's, here's, here's a guy who last March couldn't run to this, you know, the lake, right? Three miles or whatever, you know, without, without stopping and cramping or whatever. And here I go, I just, you know, you, you don't give up and you, you just stay at it. I mean, maybe whoever's listening, your race isn't a hundred miles, but it's like, you can do more than you think you can. Right. It's just, it's just drive. It's, it's, it's self-motivation and, and, and just staying at it. And it was, it was pretty cool. Just, you know, I showed that, right. I mean, I was not a runner, you know, I, I still don't really picture myself as a runner when I, you know, when I say that, but, um, you, know, you you can do you know whatever you want to do. It's just you know you gotta you gotta just push yourself. Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, a ski trivia game podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. We have entered the dog days of August, and what better way to continue our summer series episodes than with a 100-mile trail run? That's right. My guest on today's pod not only completed a 100-mile ultramarathon trail race in the Badlands of North Dakota, but finished in second place and won his age division. Indeed, 12,000 feet of elevation gain, 90-degree midday heat, glowing turtles overnight, and no other human beings in sight for hours would suggest an epic tale awaits. Learn about the trail runner's secret weapon of bone broth, the importance of chicken parm at marathons, and that skiing and riding does exist in North Dakota. All kidding aside, this story is inspirational. A very personal and emotional struggle fueled this extraordinary effort while raising awareness and dollars, $14,000 at last count, so family building journeys can reach their resolution. It's drive, it's self-motivation, it's staying at it while following the turtle, which symbolizes patience, loyalty, determination, steadfastness, and lifelong fortitude. So sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything, skiing, riding, and now trail running, Powderhounds. I'm excited, you know, ecstatic is a better word for how I feel introducing my guest on today's episode, Danny Manimbo. Danny is fresh off the Madahe Trail Race in North Dakota's Badlands. Danny, welcome to the show. I appreciate that. How are we doing? We're doing great today. We're doing great. I'm really excited to this, uh, have this conversation. I need to set this up. We are about to go down an epic ultra marathon trail run and that word epic was intentional a nod to your previous winter season pass preference we'll get to that in a second so i'm going to paint the picture the location north dakota's best kept 
Secret. The Madahe trail system is extensive. The system is comprised of nine trail units of varying length and difficulty. The shortest distance is the Overlook Trail, a mere 0.3 miles to the way longer, in fact, longest, Madahe Trail, a mere 144 miles long. And that's where much of today's story takes place. The other trails on the system from shortest to longest are Ice Cave, 1.5 miles, Bennett, 3.2 miles, Summit, 3.8 miles, Long X, 5.8 miles, Cottonwood, 6.9 miles, Wolf, 8.8 miles, and the Buffalo Gap, 18.9 miles. The trail system showcases some of America's most unique and breathtaking terrain. Magnificent plateaus, jagged peaks and valleys, large expanses of rolling prairie and rivers intertwine to offer the adventurous outdoors enthusiast a taste of pure, unadulterated badlands. The phrase Madahe originates with the Mandan Indians, a tribe located in North Dakota, their Aboriginal home. In the Mandan language, a single word or phrase can contain a profound meaning. In simple English, the phrase means an area that will be around for a long time. Danny, does that description capture even a little bit of it? That sounds pretty good. You know, I thought by running 107.3 miles, that was the whole trail, but I guess you said it was 144, so I might have to go back and, and, and cover, that, <laughs> cover that few extra miles I didn't get to. Oh, I think you ran plenty, and uh, maybe for a different adventure down the road. But uh, before we get to the trail, and we will spend some time mm -hmm. there for sure, let's back up a little bit. So we've known each other for a long time, since we oh, were yeah. youngins, and I'm saying diapers. And now our kids, well, yours might be out, but mine are in diapers. Oh, they're still in. Okay. <laughs> the cycle continues. Uh, our folks have been friends for, I don't even want to throw this out there, but maybe a half a century. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Spent some uh, holiday dinners together, weddings, and now you, Brittany, and the twins are not only must visits when I'm in Colorado, but must stay over. That's right. 100%. You guys get the accommodation, uh, all-star uh, ratings and reviews in, in our book, for sure. Uh, but perhaps the most relevant to the podcast is that we cut some of our skiing teeth on the slopes of Vermont for those many formidable years growing up. So in the spirit of snow sports, of which the podcast is founded in, let's do a quick ski ride lightning round. Danny, are you ready? Let's rock and roll. All right, here we go. First up, season pass, epic icon, other, or none of the above. Yeah, so definitely big season pass fan. Um, I started uh, out with the Epic. So that is, let's see, Keystone, A Basin, although they've switched, switched teams over to Icon, um, mm -hmm. Breckenridge, Beaver Creek. Um, I'm probably missing a couple, but a lot of the close mountains to Denver, a lot of those ones that were within, within that like two hour uh, drive. So I started with that just to check out some mountains, loved it. Um, and then after a few years of doing that, I switched to Icon, which was um, <clears throat> Copper. I think it's got where you like to go out there. Winter in, Park. Um, oh, yeah. Winter Park, correct. A Basin's on there now. Like I said, I think they switched teams recently. Steamboat, get a few days in Aspen and uh, I believe Snowmass. So I've uh, been doing that just to, just to check out some more mountains. 
So that's where I left off. I haven't uh, haven't renewed it though. I know with the, with the pandemic and the, and the kiddos, I didn't do um, last year or this year. So well, there's still time. There's always there's still time. time. I'm sure Vail Resorts and uh, Altera will gladly accept your your currency <laughs> at any point in time. Exactly. Well, that's uh, that that's very interesting for me because uh, that's uh, yeah. I uh, when I come out and visit, uh, I like to make sure I have the correct pass in hand. So I got I got some decisions to make too. Uh, come uh, ski season. All right, next question: bumps, glades, groomers, or steep, Stanny? What is your preferred terrain when you are on those epic or icon mountains? I like to go fast, so groomers. Ooh, like it. I like it. I like it. Speed City. All right. Uh, home favorite bucket list mountain. I'm looking for three mountains or three ski areas. Sort of home base, your favorite. Those could be different, right? Yeah. And then maybe yeah. a place you haven't been to. Yeah. Uh, been going with, with Icon. Started to go out to Steamboat. My sister Michelle actually got a place out there. So we've been spending a lot of time out in Steamboat. It's a great place to ski. Really cool town. So that's probably my, my, my favorite right now. Um, a bucket list I'd like to get out to Telluride. Um, I still haven't skied Aspen. We've been out there a couple times um, to the town, but I uh, haven't, haven't been able to ski out there. So maybe buckets or, or Aspen and Telluride. And uh, yeah, so Key, Keystone's a good local mountain. I like that one. See, that's one I have not been to. Or did I do a day yeah. in Keystone? I can't remember the early aughts. Not that I can't remember them entirely. Mm -hmm. Just the skiing. It was a little while ago, but uh, no, that's great. Those are great mountains. I think that's the one they named the beer after. <laughs> well, that I might have had some experience in those early <laughs> aughts with, but that's a different story. All right, yeah. final question of the lightning round. We will move on. A little bit more introspective here. Best part about skiing or riding experience that, uh, what is it? That solitude, that speed, that social component, being able to visit the family in Steamboat, what, uh, what, what, what comes to mind? I, I think some of the solitude and just being outside. I mean, just when you're at the top of the mountain, just looking around and when you're at, you know, 12, 13,000 feet, however high you are and you can see for miles and just kind of feeling like you're on, you're on top of the world and, you know, getting, getting away from the cell phone, electronics and all that, and just, and just taking it in and enjoying, enjoying mother nature. We've got so much good stuff out here in Colorado. So uh, that's probably my, my number one. No question. Could not have painted a better picture from the peak. Okay, Danny, your snow cred, as I like to call it, is has been established. So we <laughs> are going to move on. Thank you for sharing, putting up with my lightning round questions. Now we're going to fast forward from our glory days in Vermont and sort of no, no, the Northeast. And yep. you headed south for a little bit for college yep. to learn, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to knowledge is good from somewhere and uh and then eventually of course where you're located now headed west for work i believe mm -hmm. uh denver uh, at least international airport was good uh, central spot for a lot of traveling that you had to do uh maybe yeah. and, and maybe still and of course now raising a family so i guess my question is to go back and make the connection back to the to the uh, trail race what made you decide on the badlands for this race and mm -hmm. surely the northeast maybe the sunshine state maybe even somewhere in the rocky mountains could have uh could have also been an option so just curious where uh, totally on the badlands yeah so so last year we'll probably get into this more later but uh so last year i decided to start running and um <clears throat> again and i uh, took about a 10-year layoff 
And uh, what I started to do was just, I used it because uh, a lot of people weren't flying around during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I figured we had some pretty cool surrounding states to Colorado. Figured I'd use it as an opportunity to see some of the country. So I basically started hitting states in the surrounding area from Colorado and, um, and um, North Dakota, still on the list. And uh, it was one of, the, one of the races that I thought was going to be pretty cool. Um, so figured I'd check a state off my list, see some sites while I was up there. Gotcha. I love it. Okay. Now I'm going to, uh, that's, that's a great sort of segue to my next set of questions. 10 year layoff from running. So as I recall, and again, uh, you are younger than me, so I want to make sure that's clear. This is just a little uh, bit. Danny's uh, got that youth youthful shine still, whereas I, uh, I'm graying over here up in, uh, up in New England. But I remember you did a fair amount of weightlifting and you yeah. were sort of doing, I think, a little bit more, um, I don't know, high octane uh, yeah. sports, whereas running, sort of the distance running is sort of a whole different, you know, training uh, mm-hmm. mentality, nutrition, uh, certainly. Yep. So uh, could you just talk a little bit, maybe the transition from, uh, yeah. not so much the 10-year gap, but at least initially kind of where you're sort of fitness goals were focused on and then maybe yeah. the evolution towards kind of where you're at now. Yeah. So, um, I had been doing ever since the twins were born, I, I decided to join a gym, get rid of some of that, uh, you know, that dad, dad bod weight that I put on. So mm, yeah, orange, orange theories where <laughs> I, uh, where I landed, it was uh, a gym where you go and you basically, it's, it's, uh, basically like hit training, right? High intensity interval training. You're, you're, you're in there for an hour or you're spending time between, um, uh, their treadmills, they have rowing machine, and they call it the floor, which are you know, kind of those TRX bands and, and weights. And it's not real heavy lifting, right? It's more about, um, you know, keeping your heart rate up, doing consecutive exercises, things like that. So um, so that's that's what I'd gotten into. And I was really into it for, you know, probably, probably about a year. Um, and then, of course, in March of, of 2020, um, you know, a year later after into that, you know, they closed. They said they were going to close for two weeks. I think most people said that. Um, Out of two weeks. Yeah. Tom Hanks, so Tom Hanks famously said that. I think it was a prelude. Two weeks to stop the spread, right? So um, anyway, so it became very apparent that the gym wasn't going to reopen. And I kind of was, you know, sitting around the house saying, all right, you know, what am I going to do? I don't have any gym equipment here. Um, I just, you know, decided to go out, start, start running one day. It kind of, you know, went from there. So. Wow. All right. Hey, you know what? I think yeah. we all sort of looked outside and said, I need to probably be out there. Get out of the house. Ever been, yeah. And what can I do while I'm doing it? So uh, I, I totally get that part. Now, I have to ask you one other thing, because I, I know you said uh, the 10-year running layoff. And I think that I had yeah. this, I've had this burning question for years, and I must have just forgot to ask you every time I saw you. But yeah. I remember a while back, again, correct me if I'm wrong or I'm way off on this, but I thought I remember you had uh, a healthy competition with your older brother. And I remember maybe it was a marathon and somehow I think you like were maybe secretly or maybe down low, you're sort of downplaying your training regimen. And I thought like what ended up happening is you crushed him and he was really (laughs) sore about it. Can you just confirm or deny that? Yeah, that's to- to- totally true. He'll, he'll have he'll have something to say about it. He brought it up in his best man speech at my wedding. Well, yeah, because uh, okay. I think I brought it up. It is so he wanted to kind of set the record straight. So it's according to him. Correct. But, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely won that race. It was a um, 
it was when I was still in South Florida, it was a uh, Olympic distance triathlon. So oh, what it was, cool. uh, let me think here. I think it was a one mile swim. It was a 25 ish mile bike ride and a 10 K running. So six miles. So I forgot how long it took, maybe like three hours. That's like funny. That. Cause but, I think, yeah. I think I think Chris actually. This is maybe a few years now. Uh, definitely a few yeah. years back. But I feel like we had uh, caught up uh, after getting together one time, and then there was a follow-up yeah. about trying to register for a triathlon. And I was like, "Wait a minute, am I getting set up here?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come together, but I, okay, that he's makes sense. Restore the ego, you know. He's got a loss on his record, so I think he's trying <laughs> to, you know, find people to who maybe aren't ready and uh, you know sign up for a triathlon so he can get a win. Now, this next question, I absolutely want to follow up with you on, and this hopefully will make you chuckle because you didn't say this to me. I feel like I got this secondary, but I feel yeah. there was a race, and I don't know if it was the one that you mentioned, the uh, Olympic distance try, but there's a race where I feel like you, I, I, someone told me you told, I guess, uh, uh, whoever's the finish line, uh, when I finish this race, all I want is a chicken parm grinder. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Okay. Awesome yeah. that I got that part right. So, what was yeah. what, what race? When, say, can you this make was that uh, this was the last race that I did before my layoff. Right, I ran okay. the Fort Lauderdale A1A marathon, which is you're basically running you know half the marathon up north on on A1A and back. Uh, I think you run there like Pompano and back. And uh, yeah, so when I was done, <laughs> uh, there was this pizza place by us, and they said I think it was an 18 inch chicken parm sub so i got that i ate it in like two minutes had about two beers and fell asleep yeah. <laughs> so that was my kind of post-race celebration dude perfect and the only reason yeah. i wanted to bring that up is because i ran the new york marathon new york city marathon um, yeah. years ago and i told ellen i said you know what I remember hearing some really good advice from someone who ran and finished the marathon. I believe it was Danny, and I believe he wanted a chicken parm grinder at the finish yeah, line. Satisfying. Get me a chicken parm grinder. At the <laughs> of course, she totally did. The thing that yeah. we forgot, and I definitely should have paid more attention to, was the New York City Marathon is so enormous that the yep. after the finish line, the exit chute is two miles long. Oh, my God. You ran 26.2, yeah. and now you got to yeah. walk to the exit two miles by the time so you've done an ultra two then yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i felt that way and by the time i got to where this thing had like congealed i took like two bites and i'm like oh god get that out of here yeah Yeah, she had had it a little too long but uh i just wanted to i don't know if that ever got to you and i i don't know if i No, it didn't that's (laughs) funny but i mean that's that's kind of the cool thing about that's one of the nice things you can really look forward to and those miles start to really suck and hurt during the race you're like hey i got you know pretty good meal I'm looking forward to tonight or a couple couple beers I'm looking forward to tonight so it kind of helps you stay the course you know what I mean so that's what no, you know no otherwise question. what's all what's all the training and running about no enjoy it. that was my recovery plan it was chicken totally. parm a few beers and I think I did pass out in the train actually back 100 um, percent <laughs> so it uh so yeah I just wanted to make sure you knew that it's actually a great segment to the next question uh, even totality from the, the pandemic and sort of how life is, has changed a little bit. Um, how did, and this is also going back to your, uh, you know, triathlon days and even uh, right. powerlifting days, but how did yeah. those activities prepare you for what ended up being over a 100 mile <laughs> race? 
Yeah. I don't, Anything I don't know comes if, to mind there? What prepares you for it? I think it's, um, you know, one thing I guess I've always had is just, it's just been a driven person. You know, maybe I'm not, you know, Chris and Billy, my brothers, probably better pure athletes than me growing up, but I've always had, I've always had drive, you know what I mean? I've always been willing to, to wake up early, you know, as, as early as it needs to be, you know, these days about three or four o'clock every day. Um, and just, and just, and just work, you know what I mean? I've always had to kind of, you know, I'm not the smartest guy either, you know, naturally not the strongest or fittest guy naturally, you know, it's harder for me. I have to do a lot of, um, of cardio to keep body fat down and, and things like that. So I've always, you know, really had to, uh, you know, to establish a strong work ethic and things like that. And, um, you know, so that, that's always been there. And, and, and the mental, the mental toughness is key when you're doing these endurance races, because your mind, and this is one of the things I really worked on, you know, over, over the course of with these endurance runs, because your mind, as soon as things get hard, it can tell you to shut it down, right? I've run two miles. That's good enough. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, if, if you kind of change that line of thinking to where, <clears throat> you know, I can do a little bit more today. Today I'll do a little bit more. Today I'll do two and a half. Tomorrow I'll do three. Whatever it is. And it just kind of goes from there. But, um, but making sure that you're not letting your mind kind of steer you. It's going to steer you in the direction of comfort, right? That starts from the second you wake up. You know, well, I'm, you don't have to wake up at three o'clock today and run 20 miles. You can hit snooze and wake up at whatever anybody, everybody else wakes up. I don't know what time normal people wake up, but you know what I mean? So it's just kind of facing that resistance every day and it's saying, no, you know, I've got something to do and I'm going to do it. So. hundred mile plus. That's a lot of oh, yeah. really pushing those principles and, and that work ethic before we recorded at one point, you said that you embarked upon a self-improvement journey and I don't necessarily, yeah. okay, that is, yeah, I got that part. Too. All right. I'm like, yeah, totally. Good start. So I guess, yeah. I want to, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I'm guessing it ties totally. back with what you just said about the drive commitment worth that worth. Yeah. But um, can you be a little more specific about what that means? Yeah. You being more mindful, intentional about doing things or. Yeah. So, and if I, if I start getting off track, just keep me channeled in, but, uh, you know, so I mentioned, you know, again, 10 year kind of layoff with, uh, with, with the running. So I've always been a fairly active person. So I was, I was working out, but not in a way that was, um, you know, kind of challenging myself. I guess I had, I had kind of given into some of that resistance, given into the comfort. I'll just go do a couple pushups in the gym today or jump rope for 10 minutes. And, you know, that's going to be it. And, um, when I started um, this job, I started, you know, traveling and life on the road and, you know, how things can kind of snowball from there if you kind of let up on, on health and fitness habits and, um, you know, you're at the hotels and often there's no kids, there's no family, so you're just, you're working a lot, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, you're eating out and you're doing all those things to where when you're young, when I started doing this, I was probably what, you know, I don't know 24, 25, oh, I'm good, you know, I can eat whatever I want and just, you know, I'll work out for 20, 30 minutes and I'll be good to go. And, you know, things start to snowball and, um, you know, I've got to do cardio to stay in shape. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm realizing, man, I'm like, man, you know, my work pants are getting a little tight. I think the, the dry cleaners might be adding a little type of new chemicals to these things that they're shrinking up on me. And, um, that's the first thing I'm like, I'm not buying bigger pants. You know, that, that that's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, that, so that, that was kind of an eye opener to where I'm like, okay, I, I kind of need to get things going. And um, when Brittany and I, you mentioned we moved from South Florida out to, um, 
out to Denver. That was in, that was in, oh boy, 2014. And that was kind of when, you know, things kind of took a turn just for the worse with us, with, with just life, I suppose. Um, you know, we, we were excited to move out to a new state. Um, you know, wanted to move to Denver for a while. You mentioned Denver airport being a, being a good place for, for my work. I think I tried to convince them of that uh, just so I could move out here, but, um, but it has been good on the work front too. But, um, you know, that's where we decided, okay, you know, we're, let's 2014, we're, I don't know, 20, 27 ish. Um, yeah, I think that's about right. 27 ish. And, uh, like, you know, okay, we've, uh, go ahead and start having a family, you know, having that conversation and start, start doing that. So, um, uh, you know, I quickly realized that, um, that wasn't going to be easy for us just based on the situation we we're in. Um, so to start going to fertility specialist and all that. And it's just, you know, for years, I think it took us, you know, from that was, uh, 2014 we kind of started probably the, that in, in 2015 with, with seeing the fertility docs and all that. And, um, obviously the twins report in 2018. So you're talking about, you know, a good, good three, four years, um, of pain and failures and, um, you know, trying to do things and, you know, going to this really great doctor who, who, who did a great job with us, but uh, there was just, you know, again, you know, your case is a rare one, you know, we're, we're we think you can keep doing it if you keep trying and here we are trying, trying, trying. And when you're hit with, with failures for that long, it's just, you know, it kind of weighs on to, to, to all, all degrees to where, you know, I don't know, you start adopting a very negative mindset with life. Um, I started kind of um, getting a little bit more off the course for my health. I mean, it's drinking a bottle of wine every night. Just, I mean, you're just, you're just under such stress that you're seeking these short-term comforts that I was kind of getting drawn towards and um, getting off with what was, it was kind of making me happy because I didn't know happiness at that point you know you're so um and not not to get too dark but it's just it's just real and what was kind of going on of you know the life's not fair the victim's mentality we're having to spend you know hundreds of thousands of dollars out of pocket you know on this stuff that people all around us are getting pregnant overnight hey you know we didn't we, you know we weren't even trying or you know every time we go home for a family reunion there's somebody else is pregnant and it's or our friends are getting pregnant you know it's that age of you know late 20s or whatever when when that stuff's starting to happen and it's just you're kind of seeing everybody around you get this thing that you are scratching and clawing spending all your money time stress you know effort on but you can't and it's like, well, what, you know, what's going on? So like I said, you start to adopt that real, you know, negative victims mentality of, you know, and it was, it was, it was impacting me in all areas of my life. I mean, it was so, um, finally, you know, found success after, after five rounds of IVF and, uh, we ended up actually using donor eggs, um, I'm not sure if even you guys knew, but we ended up going down the donor egg route the last last two rounds um, and, uh, you know, had success, found out in the spring. I was actually at a company company event um, with Brittany and uh, spring of uh, 18 must have been. So I think it was April. Um, gosh, we were probably only a couple of weeks pregnant, but it's like we told everybody wow. that night. We we're just so excited. <laughs> They're like, how, you know, how far along is she? I'm like a couple of weeks, like 10 days. I don't know. So it's like, they like, you shouldn't be telling people. But, uh, you know, at that point you wanted to shout yeah. it from the rooftops. So, so now, you know, here we are, we're finally, finally pregnant. And then, you know, uh, 
they're born in December. And man, I just remember looking at myself. I'm like, man, you look like shit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm way overweight for what I should have been at that point. I had uh, got a recent physical exam and high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, all yeah. these flags on my blood work. I'm like, man, you know, it's like, you know, 31 years old. Is this, is this it? This is the way you're going to live your life for now. You got, you know, two kids coming, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, I've got to set the right example with, with life and, and kind of get, you know, if I'm telling them, Hey, this is what it means to work hard, or this is what it means to, you know, to, um, to treat your body well and, and, and all this stuff. And they're looking at me and they're like, okay, you know, right. so, right. so that, that was kind of the, the catalyst is just getting healthy for them. Um, so like I said, I probably started seriously getting back into shape in around um, April after they were born, after I was, you know, finished with the paternity leave and, and eating all the leftover lasagna that people were giving us for a few months. Um, hey, there are no, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, baby. Um, so it was, um, I was like, yeah, I'm over, over 200 pounds. I was like, you know, I just, I need to get healthier. Um, so Orange Theory was cool because they had gyms, you know, obviously around here. And then wherever I traveled, there's usually one I can, you know, I'm at a hotel downtown Seattle, San Francisco, whatever. I can walk to one. So, um, so I joined them and, and, you know, getting my butt kicked at first going to those things. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I said I took a yeah, 10-year layoff of running. I mean, I kind of included the Orange Theory time because, you know, you run there, but it's, it's not preparing you to run a marathon. It'll probably prepare you for a 510K, but – um, you know, it's, it's mostly you're on the treadmill for like 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe, you know what I mean? So it's, um, but anyways, what it did was, you know, it kind of got me back into, you know, feeling good and feeling healthy again. Some of the weight started to go away. And, um, so that was good. And I can only go like, you know, once, twice a week at first, and then you kind of ramped it up to where, okay, I'm starting to go a little bit more. I think I, I ended, I was going like five, six days a week, you know, at the end in the spring when it stopped. And I think I had lost, I was probably about 210 when the kids were born-ish. Yeah. That was probably my biggest. Um, and then I was down to like 172, oh, 173 wow, that's, that's, by the time. Yeah. yeah, so it was a good amount of weight. And obviously the running and, and all that stuff gets easier when you when you lose that much weight. And um and, and then the pandemic hits, right? And you're like, oh, shoot. And I'm one to where I kind of need that physical exertion. I need that release. You know, and I, I do it in the morning. Like I said, I, I wake up really early every day. And now it's like you kind of felt – I felt lost again. I'm, in, I'm at home because they're giving you at-home workouts to do. It's not the same when you're, when you're trying to do an orange steer workout in your living room. you got twins climbing over you. So it's um, – yeah, it's definitely not the, the dedicated environment. So that's when I started running. And um, – just to get outside against pandemic and you know, stay inside, stay inside. Don't, don't leave the house ever. So, um, Colorado, we're allowed out here still to, to use, uh, to go running, to use the parks and everything. They never closed those. That was nice. Um, so we've got a nice, you know, a lake by us. It's about a mile from the house and it's about a mile and a half around. And, um, I couldn't even run to the lake. Like, I, you know, barely. I mean, you know, I was like, uh, everything was like, my, my arms were cramping. Like I just, you know, it, I was like, this sucks. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not in real shape to do this. And then, um, Chris had run a marathon in November. So like relatively soon. So he's, he's sending me, you know, texts about, Hey, I ran eight, nine miles today. I'm like, man, I'm never going to be able to run 
that much again. Like I can barely, you know, I've worked my way up to like three or four and I'm like, my body just feels like it's going to break. And, you know, sure enough, I'm like, you know what? I was limping around the house one day and, uh, you know, all beat up from the runs. And, and I was like, you know, what? I, I think I'm going to do, you know, a half marathon or something like that. And, and, you know, Brittany's like, you know what? I think you might be just getting a little too old for this. Like, look at the toll it's taking on your body. And I'm like, okay. Oh. So that day I was like, forget the half. I'm going to go up and sign up for a full, I signed up for a marathon out in Aspen actually. And I'm getting canceled. List. But, um, right. but it got canceled. So it got canceled again this year. So um, maybe next year. So, but, um, but that's what kind of did it. And that, that's another thing with me. It's like, you tell me I can't do something. I remember, um, Chris had made a comment when I was doing that Florida marathon training. He's like, man, you're too heavy footed to run a marathon. You can't, you can't run that far. I'm like, okay. So it's, it's kind of a good thing to, to go off in my mind when I'm training or doing whatever to where, you know, kind of proving people wrong type Chris, thing. You know, Chris you know. is chirping. That's right. Yeah. No, it was surprised. Um, so, so yeah. And then, you know, just with the running, it just kind of, just kind of staying at it. Um, you know, I, like I said, the marathon, I thought, and I'll, I'll never get up there. But as soon as you kind of sign up for it and you put it, yeah. put it on the calendar, then it's like, okay, now I've got something to work towards. So I, I signed up, you know, the Aspen one got canceled, signed up for another one in Montana, which you would have really liked. It was about oh. two hours outside of Bozeman in the mountains. Um, really Love cool, it. but really hard. I mean, it's very hilly. Uh, you're running up, you know, I think you've got up to about 9,000 feet. You can see snow um, called the Madison marathon for anybody interested, but um so I signed up for that and that was about, so I really kind of started running probably April was when I, you know, kind of stayed with it a couple of days a week, you know, got up kind of, okay, my long run's going to be six miles this week. Next week, it'll be six and a half or seven. And I just kind of put out a plan to where I think I got up to you know, maybe 17 or 18 for the marathon. And if you can run that far, you can, you can run the extra, you know, eight or so you know in the marathon race day you got the adrenaline going and excitement of the competition so mm -hmm. um yeah just kind of built it up but i was just thinking in my head i'm like you know what there's people who run these races you know 100 miles wasn't even in the in the radar at that point if you told me yeah you're gonna run 100 miles next summer i'd have laughed at you and like nobody why would you ever want to do that to yourself but um so you know just kind of started ramping up little by little and um you know it's, it's funny what your, what your body can do. Um, you know, if you just, if you stay consistent and yeah, I was, I was hurting a lot. And so for me, you know, st stretching became very important. I'm not a flexible man, never have been. Um, but I find when I was doing these runs, my legs kind of like locked up after a bit, it got real tight. My stride wasn't the same after a certain amount of miles. So I would start stretching a lot, you know, basically I try to do an hour before I go to sleep every night. And, wow. um, and that just really kind of opened up my body from what had been very tight yep. those years of lifting, as you mentioned, yeah. um, never really stretching, you know, <laughs> stretching is going to sure. make you weaker, stretching is bad for you, whatever, uh, whatever. You've they got time for stretching, right? Yeah, exactly. So waste of time. Um, so that, that, that really kind of opened my body up from what had been real, real tight from over the years. And I had a lot of back pain and I, that was another thing with the 10 year layoff. I convinced myself that, Oh, you know, it's bad for your joints, bad for your back where what was bad for my back was sitting at a laptop for, for 12 hours a day, you know, seven days a week doing work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the fact that I wasn't yeah. stretching and being active because 
that's the thing people tell me all this running you're gonna you know, you're gonna mess up your joints you're gonna mess up your knees you mess up your back and i'm like well you know what's worse you know sitting at sitting on your computer and, and never never getting up and working out and, and being overweight or or you know getting out and, and being active so um that's where it went it took off i did six marathons i think in, in the second half of the year last year okay all different states i went out to montana in, in july um August was Idaho, right by Yellowstone, Idaho Falls area. Um, by Yellowstone and Tetons, where actually Chris and my other brother Mike and I are going to go at the end of September to do a race out in Jackson Hole. Talk about that in a minute. But um, October was, or September, I suppose, was uh, one in Colorado. Then we went out to South Dakota, Chris, Mike, and I. We're going to start doing an annual brothers race um crazy horse marathon was pretty cool um that next weekend which is a bad idea so i at this point i'd done colorado um two weeks later was this crazy horse marathon in south dakota then i signed up for a race just getting a little too carried away in wichita kansas so i'm doing that the next weekend so i ran three in 21 days and um Whoa. yeah i was that was a bad idea. Like I said, I didn't recover. And I don't think I was quite ready for that. Just um, probably physically and, and mentally, I was feeling a little burnt out going on that Wichita race. Like, uh, I don't really kind of want to, I don't really have it today. Um, to whereas, you know, at the race, you should be excited and ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that wasn't a good race. That, that was definitely my worst time. And it should have been my fastest because it was on a flat course to, you know, Kansas flat as a pancake. Mm-hmm. It should have been pretty quick time. And, you know, my legs, you know, I, I, I was I usually go for like a 3.30 on a flat flat course street there's like an eight minute mile no big so, deal folks eight minute yeah. mile running <laughs> 26 was, of them <laughs> this was far from that this was far from that um <laughs> i can't i think i came in just under four hours and uh yeah i ran the first 13 you know so it's like 145 you're looking for yeah. when you get to that 13.1 and uh because you kind of split up the race in your head and then uh yeah i just you know it didn't go well the uh, second half i was kind of ripping my way in there but um so then I went from there to Wichita and then the last, I think that was probably race number five. And then the race six was uh, in December. Mike and I now went down to Mississippi. So this was out of the driving range. Whoa. We flew We flew to, uh, um, is a race right on the Gulf there. Why am I forgetting what it's called? Um, man, it's where all the casinos are. But um, anyways, we did, we did a, we did a race right on the, uh, right on the beach. Brett Favre usually runs it every year, although he didn't run it last year. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so that was, that was, that was 2020 for me. Okay. And then, okay. So you're building here. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is yeah. definitely a big building. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I did, you know, this year, obviously I got into the trails. Um, um, and how that happened was I did one more road race. Um, I did one in Arizona. It was uh, in Tucson. A uh, company that puts it on is called Rebel. They do all these downhill races throughout the U.S. Pretty cool. They do it um, usually, it's mostly West Coast. They do it in like Mount Hood in Oregon, Mount Charleston and Big Bear. Uh, Mount mm-hmm. Charleston's in, in Nevada, Big Bear in California. So it's basically all these mountains. You're starting very high altitude and you go very low altitude. So I did this race in Tucson. It was up Mount Le- or down Mount Lemon, I should say. And at the top, it's snowing. Like it's at the end of February. It's a ski resort up there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then you're going <laughs> down. We're finishing in Tucson, and it's like a desert with cactuses, and it's like wow. 75 degrees. So that, I had a pretty good race. I was able to stay healthy for that because I'd, I'd um, 
and cramping all by 2020 races. I, you know, okay. it's usually at like past mile 20, like the inside of my quad would, would, would cramp. So, um, and I didn't really know that much about nutrition and all that back then. So I uh, kind of took a bunch of those failures to be like, okay, you know, you're obviously not doing something right. So um, started started using salt tabs once an hour, kind of keep up with the electrolytes. And I switched, I switched what I was doing because I was a big gel guy. I was using a lot of the, mm-hmm. the gels or the goos or the chews. Um, I switched to this product called Tailwind, which is which is pretty cool. It's a company out here. They're in Durango, and they make a like a powder. And their their idea is it's it's all you need to, to have all day. It's just a drink. You don't have to do the gels. You don't have to do the goos. Yeah, it's got your electrolytes. It's got your sodium and and yeah. So it's all just you know kind of simple carbs that you can have. And I just thought that was easy because already with the gels and the goos, I'm having to have those. I'm having to have Gatorade or whatever. So you're like. I can just go down just drinking something and, and that's pretty easy. So, so I switched to that, had a good race at that Tucson. I said, you know, broke my, what was the fastest time I had at the Fort Lauderdale race. I think I ran a 324 there. I ran a 318 now in Tucson. So, wow. so that today is, is the quickest one I've done. And then um, I just, just, I don't know exactly what, prompted it probably knowing i got this matahey race on the schedule because i'd signed up for that i actually signed up for the marathon version because there's well this is good. This, yeah this gets interesting how you got yeah. to the 100 yeah yeah so if i can jump in and i guess first i just wanted Ooh. to acknowledge first of all just thank you for sharing your story and uh yeah. I, obviously i'm i you know it's it's just um it's just so powerful and uh you know i, I just really um honored that you you tell the story and and sort of go go back through that 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 obviously very difficult time and, and i guess one thing i did want to ask you um yeah. about that in, in particular was did you know because we're going to get to the race in a sec did you know that the symbol yeah. for the madehe trail is the turtle and that the tr- that this turtle symbol was adopted from the lakota sioux indians that it symbolizes patience loyalty determination steadfastness long life and fortitude i mean i got goosebumps when i discovered that yeah uh, doing the research so did you know that when you picked the race i didn't know any of that i, I think i found that out the day before they send out an informational email because those turtles those it's pretty cool um in fact i've got they've got a little metal but uh or it's a piece of wood and they, they made it out of the turtle just uh, for the finished metal but um uh those are those are basically what tell you you're on the course because they're like every you know tenth of a mile or so um but yeah, I kind of found that out probably probably not not too long after you did, which is I mean it's it's a pretty good metaphor for what we we'd gone through, you know, over the over the you know previous years with the with infertility stuff and, and just the you know, the training and the racing for me in general. So Yeah, that popped to me and, and I guess I did want to make make sure we mentioned Resolve the National yep. Infertility Association, which was uh, uh, which you partnered with in terms of the, the fundraising, yep. fundraising aspect to the race. Um, and this is sort of how we got from, I guess, Danny's thinking maybe he was going to run a, a marathon initially, yep. and that snowballed in a great way, perhaps not for yep. you as the runner, but can you just talk about, about Resolve yep. Partnership and the snowballing effect of uh, your fundraising success? Yeah, totally. So it was... Um... You know, I'm obviously out there running one day, doing some training, and um, you know, just kind of thinking that you know, okay, I've got this race on on the trajectory. At this point, I've run I've run 50k, right, which is now you know, it's kind of the the uh, gateway into the ultra <laughs> into the ultra world, right? 
which is 31 miles. So, you know, 10, five Ks, right? Um, so like, all right, well, you know, not to sound, you know, like overconfident or anything like that, but I'm like, the marathon doesn't really scare me anymore. I kind of want that next challenge and their next, so they do like 5K marathon, 50, and it's never really 50. So they're, 50, you know, it's, it's oh, because, believe of the me, I because of the that. trails and everything. Yeah. So it, note this. So they, yeah. do, they say 50, which is 54 miles. They say yeah. 75 miles, which is 79 miles. And they say 100 yeah. miles and it's over 106 miles. Yeah. And then they tell, they tell this race morning, it's actually 107.3, which the way, <laughs> you know, how we marked the trail this year and everything like that. It's always different based on trail conditions and things like that. So we'll give them that, um, but still there's a, yeah. <laughs> you're running yes. more than you so think. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, damn, you know, how many more miles are we going to put on this thing? But um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah. So I, I was like, you know, I'm going to sign up for the 50 and, uh, you know, I want to do something cool here and then I'm going to make this a fundraising deal. And, um, you know, the, the 7,500 weren't initially in my, you know, I was like, that, that's too, too long. Uh, no, no, thank you. So, uh, I'm going to start with the 50 and that's when I reached out to them. I just hit them up on their website. Cause you know, like if you want to start a fundraising campaign, reach out to us. And they reached out the next day, I think they're real excited. And, they launched a platform and it was, you know, they basically a website template that you could, you could, um, you know, configure to your own. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen it too. Like a lot of people do the fundraisers and I was just like, you know what? I see fundraisers a lot, you know, give to a lot of them myself, but it's like, you know, what would get somebody when they see that I'm announcing this fundraiser on Facebook or whatever to stop scrolling and being like, Whoa, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, I, I kind of want to click on this. You know what I mean? This is drawing me in. So I wanted to gamify it a bit. Obviously, telling our story was, you know, the, the vulnerable piece about, hey, this is why I'm doing this. Um, um, but, you know, I also wanted to make it kind of a cool thing that, you know, wasn't, you know, selling lemonade at the, at the street corner. You know, it was, it was doing something that people are like, wow, I didn't know that was even a thing. So, so what I said was, you know what? I'm going to go as long as people are willing to give. So I said hundred miles for every hundred dollars per mile was, was the premise of the fundraiser. So I said the initial goal is 56, Simple math, everybody. 5,600 bucks, right? Cause it was yeah. the 56, you know, the 50 miles, 56 or whatever. Yep. So I'm like, if we get to 5601, I will sign up for the 75 or which is 81 or 79, whatever it is. So then the next goal became $8,100. Um, and if we hit 81, I guess if we hit 81, I would, I would crank it up to the, to the, uh, to the hundred mile distance. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things I've never really done a fundraiser before. And it's, it's an uncomfortable thing, right? Cause I'm not a very, um, uh, kind of an introvert. Like I don't really like making a whole lot of Facebook posts and stuff like that about whatnot. So I was like, you know what, it's, are people even going to give to this thing? Like, so, you know what, you, nice. you kind of put yourself out there, right? Of this, Hey, we no went through this big ordeal and, um, yep. you know, whatever and it, it turns out to be success like i've got we got people donating who i haven't talked to since like high school college old co-workers and i've got people writing me um you know just private messages being like you know thank you for doing this because like i thought i was alone in this journey i'm going through the same struggles and pain you know now i know i'm not alone now i know you know it's you know there's people i can confide in and things like that because it's a very private thing you know everybody tells you not to talk about certain things and 
And I think the world in general is starting to talk about more about these, these things that, that are previously, you know, made a stigma, right? Because, oh, you shouldn't talk about this or that mental health or, or or any, you know, infertility with us, you know, keep it to yourself type thing. And I think it's important to talk about because it touches a lot. I think it's one in eight is what Resolve says. One in eight um, couples go through some some type of infertility. So um, it was important for me, you know, I guess money aside with the fundraiser and everything like that, it was just important for me to, 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 to have that vulnerability and to put ourselves out there because, I mean, the problem with social media, well, there's a lot of problems. Yeah. But one of the problems is uh, there's obviously a lot of good things too, which this, which this, which this proved. But yes. everybody kind of makes this fakeish life out there. You know, everything's perfect. I'm so blessed. I've got this great life, and 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 you know, is is that always honest? You know, probably not, right? I mean, you know, people go through struggles. I mean, there are dark times in life it's not all sunshine and rainbows despite the way some people want to paint it on facebook right so it's it was important for me to be real and just kind of open people and just kind of let people into this struggle that we went through and say you know not everything is is this great thing you know life's going to throw a whole lot of obstacles at you some people get a lot more than others and you know the fact that we were like i said i overcame that kind of we overcame that that dark time it's time for me to do something positive now and, um, you know, kind of demonstrate that, you know, all right, I, I hear all you other people that are, whatever you're struggling with. I mean, you know, cause it did affect me mentally and there was mental health issues with that. And that's kind of what led to, what to a lot of the issues I talked about before. So mm-hmm. it was good for me to just, it was, it was uh, cathartic in a way of writing the blog I wrote of, uh, of, uh, of starting this fundraising page, reaching out to resolve. It was kind of like we, we came full circle and it was it was good to just talk about it because I don't think a lot of people in my family knew why I'm not coming to this holiday event because I, yeah. it, it it just it kills me every time I see uh, a newborn or somebody pregnant because you know the amount of pain it's just like I can't describe that to you and you don't understand and it's so so me writing it down writing down what those emotions were um, yeah it was it was it was good to you let it out it's, you know it's kind of what people say you know you should talk about things don't bottle it up so. It, obviously, Brittany and I had gone through it together, but it was important for you know the rest of the world, friends, whoever, to know you know this is why I was that way for that for those period of years where I you know maybe closed ourselves off and you know wasn't doing certain things. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, it, obviously, you know, the fundraiser turned out to be a success, and we kind of I was yeah. you know way more outgoing on Facebook than I normally am, and you know, it kind of hit. I remember I was like, ah, we kind of, maybe we got like 2,500 bucks and that's it. And my boss overnight donates like 2,500 bucks. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to be running 81 miles and, <laughs> and it just kind of took off. We got another big, you know, fun, you know, a couple, couple donations. I mean, you guys donated. So thank you so much for that. And, um, it, uh, yeah, it became this big thing to where I was like, shoot, you know, here we go. We're going to be, be running the hundred, which, um, which I think was fun and it kept people engaged and it kept the momentum on the, of the fundraiser going. And, you know, it was, you know, I remember when we hit the 75, I was talking to Chris and uh, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to run 75, I might as well just run. He's like, uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I didn't want there to be, you know, I was like, yeah. I should have I just done it, the whole thing. No, so, I think the progression was fantastic, yeah. man. It kept us engaged and it was so funny because I remember 
I sent a note to your, your dad and I was, uh, I was like, Oh, you know, is there, a, you know, live tracking and like, dude, I was like so interested. Yeah. And I know you weren't doing the race yet, but like watching yeah. uh, someone throwing a perfect game or something like, I didn't want to be like, Hey man. So like, what's your like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, do you have like a pit crew or like, what's the age? Yeah. You know, like, I want to like, I want to, I want to like kind of get in my head, like what you're going to be doing. Uh, totally. What's the trail like? And then uh, obviously yeah. I read about the race and, uh, and then your dad's like, I'll try to find out. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm sending yeah. Uncle Serge to, 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 to figure this out. This <laughs> yeah. isn't a good idea. Not the but, tech uh, wizard, you know. No, no, not at so. all. But uh, is your, is your fundraising page still active? Folks yeah yeah that. it's still active i could i could you might still have a link but i could i could I share do. with you i do yeah i'll put too. in the show notes so, i'm gonna put your blog cool. post in the show notes as well um because i want to make sure again that was powerful stuff when i when i read it and i'm sure if i go yeah. back and read it again I'll, I'll feel the same way you know as i reached out to them and i kind of went on their website i mean the thing that's cool about them and and the major issue with uh you know, infertility and why I wanted to do something to support was, you know, I kind of talked about how we spent, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars out of pocket on these infertility costs. So I'd ask them, I was like, so what do we do with this money? Are you like granting it to, to couples or whatever, like us or whoever? Um, and their big thing is like education. It's on the website. I mean, education support, they're obviously a big support, they're big education, getting content out there. Uh, but what they do is also they're on the front lines of legislation. So here in Colorado, they actually, I think it's effective next January, um, they require Colorado companies to have health insurance coverage for infertility um, procedures, which is huge. And that would have been a great, great help for us because if none of this stuff was covered by um, health insurance, right? So, which is, which is terrible, right? Because it's now I've got to make the decision of can I afford to have kids? You know, can I, you know what I mean? And that, that's you know, it, it shouldn't be, yeah. right? There should be some assistance there to where if you cannot physically have kids, there should be some assistance out there to help through through an insurance, right? Because paying out of pocket, I'm fortunate to have been, we're, we're fortunate to have been able to do it. Um, but, you know, most people probably couldn't, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you're getting into six figures just to, you know, have a chance at having a kid is not realistic for most no. people. So, um so anyways, that, that was kind of why, you know, what drew us to them is like, they're actually doing things. It's not just support. It's not just education. They're actually changing things with, with laws and, and regulations for employers to, uh, to make sure that they're doing this. So um, just what that does, obviously, it just allows a lot more people just to have access to, to do these things and to start families who might not have. So, um, so that was the big thing there. But, um, but yeah, as far as, as far as back to the race. So um, this is from the website. So, uh, yep. quote, the course takes you across one of the most majestic single track adventures in the world with miles of uninterrupted trail through the heart of rugged badlands. Make, mo make no mistake. This event will push competitive riders, riders, runners to their limits. Yeah, they do bike races too. Yeah. Okay. While giving every participant an experience they will remember for the rest of their lives. Would you say that is an accurate yeah. description? All right. Oh, Put totally. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, memory. Totally. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. Kind of put you in mind of the Grand Canyon. Um, just it's, um, you know, those kind of big rock formations, not that maybe red, red color, like you see in the Grand Canyon, but a lot of those just, just valleys. Um, to where, you know, most of that course, most of the 100 miles was pretty runnable. Um, it was a really nice course. And when you're going down or up, I mean, they're not, you're not going down very far. You're not going 
up very far, at least from what I was used to running these races out in the Colorado mountains of, you know, you're running from, you know, your, your uphills are miles long and you're at altitude. So I felt real, real prepared from, from that point of view. I mean, it was the heat. Um, so I didn't mind the hills. I mean, by running in the trails and everything like that was, um, I, you know, there's no better place to, to train than, than I, I run out in Boulder all the time, but, you know, doing races out in, out in the mountains here is, you know, I, I was very prepared for altitude and inclines and declines. Uh, yeah, the heat is what gets, it gets to people. So about 50% of the people who start this race finish it historically. And the race director, um, Nick, he's given a kind of a, a raw, raw speech to start off. Um, and that part of the country, there's so much history in the Dakotas, obviously Mount Rushmore and the crazy horse thing I did, you know, back in the day. And, um, um, this race was Teddy Roosevelt National Forest. I guess he had spent a lot of time in the Badlands and had a ranch out there in North Dakota and, uh, and really enjoyed himself. So he was, he was um, reading a speech. Or, or, I'm sorry, yeah, reading a speech. And one of the quotes, it's the man in the arena. Um, you all, mm. I, I'm not going to read it word for word. I, I couldn't, but um, I should look it up. It's basically about, you know, um, how, you know, the glory and the credit should go to the person you know, in the arena, whether they, whether they win or lose, you know, it's not the critic in the, in the, uh, in the stands who counts, who's, you know, calling names and, and criticizing it's, but it's the person who's, who's daring enough to put them, put themselves on the line. Right. And to, you know, compete or whatever it might be. So uh, he reads that and he's like, you know, I believe in all of you guys, I mean, you all showed up, you prepared and trained, but he says, you know, you guys got this, but historically only half of you guys got this, you know, because, you know, ha you know, half the people drop. So, okay. I think, so there was a mix of like rah, rah, but then yeah, reality. But hey, right. you know, okay. this is a hard thing sure. we're doing. You know what I mean? So no it's, um, I think 21 people registered. I don't know how many people actually showed up to the starting line. Yeah. Uh, only eight finished. So right. um, I remember when we start, right. There's one guy, he just, he, like we're running a 5k like he just took off oh like he wanted, to, he wanted to say he was leading the pack of it yeah i'm like my dude do you do you understand that we're probably gonna all be out here for over 24 hours like you know you can't keep yeah. that pace and I, i'm not sure what, what ended up happening with him i never saw him again uh i don't i mean he didn't finish in front of me so i'd you know, still be out there you yeah. might still be out there so um but yeah so it was just kind of interesting um you know how that went but yes the heat that gets to people because it got to it's about 90 degrees it gets oh, to dude. over 100 i'm because i'm monitoring the weather you know all summer kind of sure. being like all right what am i getting myself into and uh it had been over 100 there um for a lot of july i'm like oh, man. oh i didn't i didn't realize it was that warm and and just so yeah. folks you know i'm sure folks want to look it up they can but i mean this race is uh obviously we we already talked about the distances but this uh there's eleven thousand. 975 feet of elevation gain in totality does that sound yeah. right nine yeah. points eight stations every 25 miles so i mean for 90 degree <laughs> heat i mean that's that's a long distance it's a marathon right and i believe there's a river yeah. crossing before eight stations a couple two, there was a couple so, a yeah. couple okay so you did say something like uh, yeah. most of it was runnable or, or uh yeah but uh so uh, yeah i mean this is obviously this is no joke this is no kansas uh, marathon here you know yeah uh, Totally. And, uh, so I guess, I guess my question about the race I want to start off with was, so when, what, how many weeks or days even before yeah. the race did you find out you had to run a hundred and then how did you pivot your yeah. training, nutrition, and then yeah. just mindset to, yeah. Yeah. 
Man, it was it was the weeks leading up. It was probably early July that I knew I was at which uh, the race was on July thirty first, right? So it's like three weeks. So, maybe? yeah, three four weeks. Uh, you know, I, I was you know okay because I'd run at that point. You know, fifty k the first fifty. I'd started trail running in March after that Arizona race because I knew I had this fifty k I signed up for in mid April. So that was the first time I started trail running. And if you've never trail run, especially out here in Colorado, it's it's whole different ball game running up hills down hills it's very hard um and I was horrible at it first and I did pretty bad in that 50k but and then so that was in April and then I don't think I did anything May and then uh June I did uh that that HPRS race that that 28 miler in fair play from from 10 to 13,000 feet so I'd done that and basically once I knew I was because the fundraiser was going pretty well I'm gonna basically be running 100 miles um I was like, well, my farthest I've done is a 50K, it's 31. So this is 75, 76 more miles than that. I was like, I should probably do some kind of middle race. You know, so I found HPRS, but they put on a 50, called the last call 50 miler. It's a 50 miler again in fair play. So high altitude, it was between, this is between 10 and 12. Uh, the race starts at midnight which is kind of interesting. Whoa. So you finish actually in the day, you start in the night, okay. which was good because I'd never run at night before, like at night night. Cause you, you, know, would, sometimes, be, you would be. <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes in the morning I'll go out and it's dark and I'm, yeah. you know, but sun's coming up. So I don't have to bring out a headlamp. But um, this was good. So you did the headlamp training and it's kind of funny cause I, I, I got, you know, I actually use a, a light I put on my vest. So it's not actually a headlamp, but um, I was, I was running with lights and then I got my sunglasses in my, you know, other pocket because yeah. it's like sun's going to come up. So it's, yeah. it's, you're running that long. Right. So, so that was 50. Um, they say again, it's 50 miles, but it was really, I took a couple of wrong turns. So I ended up running like 53 <laughs> miles or something like that. So, um, so I did that and that went well, I got like seventh place or top 10 or whatever. So it was like, okay, you know, the, the training's working mentally. Um, you're chipping at it, obviously, over the last year and a half or year or so. Yeah, so I basically stayed in shape that whole time, just in various levels. Um, so, um, uh, and it had about the same elevation gain. It was about nine thousand over fifty miles. And you said, I think, it was, I think it was just under twelve for this race, or just yeah. under eleven. So I was like, basically, I covered the same elevation, but in half the distance. So. You know, in okay. that case, I felt pretty good about that. I felt pretty good. And like okay. I said, I was I was going to be fine with whatever the, the gain and loss was throughout the course. It was it was kind of battle in that heat. So so I had the, the 50 miler under me and that was exactly three weeks before the race. Um, wow. And then you know, so I kind of use it as a, as a training run. I know it sounds a little crazy, but because um, I'm not going to go out and run yeah. 50 miles yeah. by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of you know, you need the nutrition, you need the, the, the hydration and everything like Different that. Different pair of socks, shirts. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Why? So, um, so yeah. So I want to do it in a race format to kind of get the yeah. juices flowing, have a little competition, okay. you know? So, and you get, you get the support with the, the resource and all that. So. Wow. So let me ask you this. So again, I, I think I uh, probably gave a description of the, uh, of the course. I think you did too, but sort of grassy yeah. flats, ridges, very rough yeah. play um let's see blend yeah the terrain is a blend of dirt clay sandstone grasslands and wooded yeah. structures so then i guess on race day you know um what what are your thoughts of the start line you know your goal yeah. i assume is to finish although the uh yeah. the quote from the man in the arena is that just being in the game is is an honor enough uh yeah. but uh, i'm sure that was at least you know 
and you, you were hoping to finish is you got to think that way. Um, totally. and then what was your approach for, you know, food hydration, you know, like you said, change the socks, <laughs> your pace, yeah. um, All that obviously stuff. knowing that you're building the mental strength as you did your training yeah. run, uh, the yeah. and, um, and obviously the races before that, I guess just take us to, to that. And, and then, yeah, yeah, you had to run at night, uh, you know, yep. we'll get to how long everything the, took and the and demons how, come out. Yeah. And just, <laughs> yeah. How did you, how did you, uh, what was your approach, I guess? to? Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, um, I've basically been running, you know, hundred mile weeks for the majority of July. And, um, so that's about an average of like 15 miles a day. It's kind of what I was putting in hundred, 110, I think is the highest I got 111 or so is what I got up to. Um, so my mental was, was real, obviously physically I was, I was feeling real good. I was down to like 164 pounds. I told you I was about like 210 when the kids were born. Right. So I got pretty low. Wow. Um, okay. yeah. so I was feeling pretty good just, just in general about what I did. I stayed healthy throughout my training. So everything was kind of feeling good. And I got, I got to the starting line and, um, just excited, you know, it was, the event was there and just the build up, And I think all the support I got from everybody was, was real. Um, uh, it meant a lot. And it was just, you know, I kind of felt like it was more bigger than just running a race. It was, you know, kind of had everyone's support, everyone's got resolve and, you know, kind of all that. So it, um, you know, kind of felt like I had a little, little additional, maybe superpower or kind of momentum going into it. But, um, I was kind of freaking out a little bit in the days leading up. Certainly I'm like, man, what if this doesn't go well? And, and this and that, and I remember talking to a guy at the starting line and, um, I hope he finished. I'm not sure if he did, but uh, I mean, he told me he, he tried it and, and kind of failed a couple a couple years in a row. Um, he's like, you know what? I'd be happy if I get halfway. Hmm. And I just, I was looking at him hmm. and I kind of said, you know, okay, cool type thing. And I just remember thinking in my brain, I was like, that, that no, I was like, I'm finishing it. this thing. I don't care what happens. If I have to walk, I have to walk. But you know, this, this, I'm getting through this race. Like, so I just knew his mentality. I was like, he's not going to finish. I just never thinking in my brain, that guy's probably not going to finish. Because if you don't have that, if you don't have that mental, you have that, it's okay if I get halfway and, you know, the kind of the door is open for me to, yeah, yeah. to walk out of this thing, you're not going to finish. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're talking about if you finish this thing, you know, I finished in just under 28 hours, came in second place. So there was people who finished after me, of course. The, the, the cutoff was 36. 36 hours. So it's the race started 6 a.m. Saturday. So you basically have until 6 p.m. Sunday to finish this thing. But just to just, just, to, just to pause though, I mean that's that's yeah. that's still like an impressive feat. It's a hundred miles. Like so, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, no, no, you're good. I don't want to I mean, underscore, underscore, underscore that. <laughs> and that's that's just the one thing about about the mental, which is so key, because like if you're going out to run 100 miles, like you're going out to run 100 miles. Like you don't think, Oh, if I get, you know, halfway and it's the same way of training. Like if I was on a run and I had to run 10, it goes back to the resistance and fighting that you're going to, your body's going to say, Hey, run six. You're good. Just shut it down here. Like, you know, never letting into that and never having that be an option because when you quit, when you, when you were supposed to run 10 and you run six or you run five, guess what's going to happen the next time you're out there having a tough time. You're going to say, Oh, I quit one time before. And it's just kind of, you know, that negative, that negative momentum can snowball and just like positive momentum will kind of lead you into the, into a better direction. So, so yeah, nutrition, um, race day. So I kind of, obviously, you know, probably like a lot of, a lot of runners or, or you know, do folks who do this thing kind of regimented. So morning off, I always do, you know, a big bowl of oatmeal, 
do with peanut butter and banana, right? Just kind of get mm -hmm. a good, good, good base in there. And then as you're running to the course, so they, I was about to run this thing by myself at first. I mean, which would have been a bad idea. I probably wouldn't have, I would have done well. Like no, no, cause you're supposed to go, they call it a SAG, right? Supporting gear. Yes. I'm like, nobody's going to want to, you know, be out there with me for 24 hours. Like, who am I going to ask? So I don't even felt bad about asking somebody. I mean, that's like kind of a big thing to ask. So logistically, um, if for someone not familiar with the area, I'm sure it could be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, that's super important. I mean, hydration, energy, and you got to food. I mean, you got to stop and like eat and, to, you know, re yeah. replenish your, your energy levels. And uh, I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at on the website. I'm like eight stations every 25 miles. I was like, okay, you know, because <laughs> I can carry, I, I carry like 70 or 80 ounces with me when I go yeah. between the pack and a couple bottles. Yeah. But I mean, still it's, it's 90 degrees. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's far. But, but they didn't have checkpoints and I forget how many they had, but they were as close in as five miles and as far apart as 14 miles. Okay. Um, so checkpoints and aid stations, right? Yeah, so yeah, checkpoints yeah. is just basically just hydration. It's just, you know, water is basically all they had at this thing. And um, aid stations, you know, ultras, they run pretty thin most times on resources. It's not like, you know, New York City Marathon where yeah. they probably have aid stations every two miles with stuff you need. They have bananas and water. So, yeah, you know, that, that would have been all I had if I was running this thing by myself, bananas and water, you know what I mean? So good luck. But, um, <laughs> but no, so, so, you know, Brittany and the twins ended up yeah. coming yeah. Um, and they did a great job. It was just a lot for them to, to do. Right. So I was, I got a ride to the starting line. Thankfully, one of the volunteers took me from, um, you know, like 5 a.m. Yeah. I'm not gonna wake I up saw a 6 a.m. start or something. So. So I figured I'd have them for the majority of the day. Right. So they, they kind of hit a few aid stations and what they do is they kind of, uh, go and you know they'll meet me at the next one which is you know there's 70 miles so i'll see them in a couple hours whatever it is however long it takes me to get there and um you know so we had it's, it's great ultras are kind of you can kind of be a fat kid you know so what you have at the everything stations, and anything yeah cookies donuts you know things that are quick digesting sugar uh you know bananas obviously uh for the potassium uh i love watermelon because when yeah. your stomach starts to not feel so good, which at one point it will be when you don't want to eat. Uh, watermelon's pretty easy to get down. It's hydrating, right? It's a little bit, it's obviously got nutrition in there too. Um, uh, PBJs, you know, are, are big ones for me. Um, and kind of a, a funny secret weapon I had was uh, we, we go to this um, this uh, beef farm by us in, in, in Colorado and they have, you know, all natural steaks and things like that. And they do this thing called, it's bone broth. Um, and they make it themselves, but it's but it's loaded with um, like collagen, protein, and sodium. Sure. And you know, Brittany's like, "Why don't you try that?" I'm like, ah, "That sounds pretty gross to be having, you know, in the middle of a run, ninety you know, degree but, day." Uh, <laughs> yeah, just chug some broth. Um, but I, I had noticed at other races, especially the ones at night, <clears throat> they had like chicken soup and stuff like that at the aid stations because it feels cold in the middle of the night and it gets you hydration and it gets you sodium. So. Um, so that was big, you know, I had that out of a little baby packets right here with the applesauce and, you know, so yeah. chugging bone broth out of that. So uh, I, hit them, I hit them up and told them about it and they're pretty excited. So um, sponsors, listen up. Yeah, exactly. Hey, free steak. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was basically it. I mean, that, because I said the tailwind, you know, I do that is like yeah. my hydration is what I'm drinking when I'm running, but you do need food, um, you know, obviously because, you know, um, it, uh, going so long salted pretzels are another good one i use peanut butter pretzels um sodium is, is big with me just um because maybe because i was you know a bigger guy 
muscles and things like that are just more subject to cramping. Um, so I, and I do a salt, salt tab called S caps once every yep. hour. Yep. Yep. It sounds like the nutrition wasn't uh, so much uh, an obstacle. You weren't too worried about that. Was, uh, was there any point along the race where, you know, that guy at the start line crept in or was it just like, no, you know what? I got this. Yeah. I know I can do it. I know I had the elevation background. I know I've been yeah. just churning out these, these races for the last, you know, six months. And, uh, I think I got, you know, I'm good. This is, you know, yeah. starting to come yeah, yeah. clear. Yeah. People may not believe this, but I mean, there was not a, there was not a second in my mind where I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit. It's amazing. Like it's just, it didn't I believe it. happen. Um, so, I mean, you go through these, these highs and lows during a race where you're feeling real good. And then other ones where you're feeling real bad. Right. And, and they may happen several times throughout the run. I mean, the biggest challenge with day one, um, was, was like I said, the heat, um, yeah. cause we got to the first A station. So it's about, you know, 25 miles in or whatever. Um, so you're getting there late morning. Um, with the 6 a.m. start and then the next uh checkpoint after that because a few checkpoints in between a stations was like 14 miles and that was where people really started to struggle because now the sun's up yeah um gotcha. 14 miles people are running out of hydration they're cramping um the heat's out and um you know that's kind of where i noticed i was like okay some people are starting to you know, limp around and things like that. So, you know, just ultra. So it's, it's not like sure. a marathon where you're just, you're worried about, Hey, you know, if I stop and talk to this person, I'm going to get 30 seconds off my time. It's like, I got here for 28 hours. So you're stopping, you're trying to help everybody. I remember I gave this one guy a couple, couple salt pills who was, who was cramping pretty bad. And, you know, it's just kind of the nice community about, about ultras yeah. in general. But, um, but yeah, so, so people started to drop. And I remember just thinking in my head, you know, I kind of just went to war with the sun. It was a weird thing, like a mental, like, I was like, you're not, you're not, you're not stronger than me. You're going to go down. Yeah. You know, I just, I basically this fight, I'm going to fight you until like 8 PM. <laughs> right. And you're going to go I down. Know. I know. You're going you're... down because you're going to get tired and I'm yeah. not going down. Yeah. I'm going to make it to the night. Yes. I just kept thinking about like, you know, 90 degrees is all you got. Yeah, I was just a weird, I'm like, you're, you're yelling it, at the dude. sun. And at one point I'm probably just yelling at it like out loud. Like yeah. just because you, you, you go, you, kind of go to these depths and you're just you're trying to get anything you have in you mm -hmm. just to keep you going right mm -hmm. and this, it's a hot day you know you know i'm just you know i'm just son i'm sorry buddy you're just you're not gonna you're not gonna win today your time's so it today. Was, and i remember when the sun started going down you just have that okay i won now it's yeah. starting to cool off yeah i knew if i made it to the night yeah you know, you know, i was gonna finish the race gotcha and um yep um so you get to the night, right? And then you're, you're getting the light out. And so it was about, uh, sun goes down kind of late there. I don't know. It was like 839, yep, you know, when, it, when it's out. And that's when I'm going to kind of click on the, click on the lights. Yeah. And um, so you're running at night. It feels good at first, right? Because you're, you're all right. I made it through the day, the hottest part of the day, most challenging part of the race. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just going to kind of cool off and, you know, you know, keep on coasting. And, you know, like I said, I, I ran a race at midnight. So you kind of run in. It was starting to come up at like five. So you're running like five hours in the night. You're running the full night, which is, you know, basically it got dark at nine. And I think the sun started to show signs of coming up around five. And it stays so, dark out there, right? Because there's just not a whole lot. Dark. Like, yeah. yeah. And we, they had been getting a lot of smoke from Canada and California. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So even though the stars were out, I think probably because of the smoke, it just kind of dulled their light. And okay. so I'm only seeing, you know, five, 10 feet in front of me and it was pretty cool even talk about the turtles they're on these posts yeah. 
they're reflective. So you can kind of see these little turtles oh, in the yeah, distance. You kind of know if you're on the right track or not because you got the light. So, so that was pretty cool. But, yeah. but for the most part, I'm only able to see about five, 10 feet in front of me at a time. Okay. And you know, at first, first few hours of the night, you're, you're feeling pretty good. And I remember it's like 2, 3 a.m. It's probably 60, 70 miles into the race at that point. And you're just like, you're just, your body is like, why are you still awake? Why are you still moving? <laughs> you know, you're just trying to, you're starting to fall asleep. Because another thing people don't realize, realize with ultras is like, I think you don't run that entire distance. There's a lot of hiking and things like that that go into it, right? So on these uphills, I'm walking or kind of hiking, I suppose. I'm literally like falling asleep on myself. Cause I, you know, I, I, I was just walking along and I kind of just started drifting off to the left, like falling asleep. And I'm like, Oh boy, uh, what do I do? And then everybody, I found out every time I started running, get the blood going, like I would wake up. Gotcha. So, but you know, you're going up hills and things like that. So it's part of like they start hiking and I'm hiking as so I'm kind of falling asleep. I'm kind of hallucinating. I'm seeing, you know, you're seeing all these shadows cause you're on a single track now going on the trail through the night can't really see that much so i keep thinking i see animals or shadows or people jumping out of the the trail to come get me i think i, I pictured like a polar bear at one point kind of come coming to get me and i'm oh, like no. walking and running at this point like you know these are the things i'm seeing right yeah yeah and then i'm realizing like oh this, this shit's not real like you're yeah. just you're this is all in your head and like so i get to the aid station i'm like i need caffeine i need something i've got a little caffeine in the tailwind i drink but it's not it's not doing it i need like a shot of espresso or some coffee and they yeah. give me some some coffee and and she tells me, "Hey, you're in you're in top three. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not top three. Oh. Like there was a lot of people who were like that guy who sprinted out in front of me. Like I didn't know he didn't finish the race. You, you you get separated. You don't see people for hours. I was gonna races. say at the, at at, <laughs> night, at night were you you know kind of no one was around or no know? one's around. Yeah. Uh, every now and then there's these guys I was kind of running with and um, kind of. You know, because Brittany and the twins had had gone to bed at the hotel at this point, obviously. Yeah, keep them up all night. And um, <laughs> these guys from Connecticut actually um, helped all me right. out, and, and he was running with a pacer the second half of the race. So they, and then um, they were nice enough to let me put their, my stuff in their car, and, and you know, kind of um, his wife would would help me out at the aid stations and whatnot. So um, yeah, I'd see them every now and then, but, uh, but no, yeah, for the most part, you're running by yourself. And, uh, so I, I chugged this black coffee. She's like, Hey, you're in top three. And she's oh, like, and where was this in the race? This is like, uh, towards the end. Uh... This isn't that. Yeah. Like 60, 70, 80 miles in or something okay. like that. So that's huge. In the night, that's in huge. the night. And I kind of got this momentum. I'm like, Oh shoot. Okay. I'm going to keep pushing this thing and, and see where it can go. I didn't, I thought I was maybe top five or something like that. And, um, so I'm like, I'm going to place in this thing. Um, so I started going again and, um, and yeah, so that was kind of a new momentum, got the coffee, which turned out to be a bad idea on the stomach, but, uh, probably <laughs> I was not, thinking about probably it, not. yeah, I said, don't drink black coffee, in the middle of run, but you I needed, needed to wake up. So, uh, yeah, there's no, so there's kept, no forest, the Rangers out there at that time of day. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's how, you know, you're a real ultra runner when you can pull over on the side of the trail and, and do, you know what, but, uh, so I started playing Metallica on my phone and we're going to talk about music in a minute, but I just start blasting Metallica on my phone. Cause there's nobody around. Yes. I'm like, you know, what? I just need to wake up. So, um, and I need the sun to come back up because with this, when the sun comes back up, now I start to kind of yeah. body starts to wake up too a little bit and feeling good about the place you're in. So, so, you know, got through the night and battle off the hallucinations and all those polar bears that were trying to attack me. And, um, 
polar bears in the middle of North Dakota, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch out for them. <laughs> Some bears. Uh, yeah. So, um, so got to the morning and then, you know, I kind of picked up again, like I said, it was about five o'clock when the, you could, I could five 30, I could turn off the, turn off the lamp and, and kind of start running again. Um, so it felt good to be able to see, see the surroundings. Um, and yeah, so I probably finished the race at what, 28 hours, uh, what would that take us to about 10 something o'clock in the morning so it had started to get hot and um so i mentioned i was in i was in top three and at one of the last aid stations elizabeth who was who was who was the wife of that guy who was helping me out he ended up winning the race um she's like hey you know because this guy had been in first place by like an hour uh for most of the race and um he was he was like blowing through eight stations and stuff like that. He was like, yeah, I'll just go to the next one. It's a couple hours down the road and you know, bad idea. Right. Cause that, that, that comes to get you. If you're not, you know, giving yeah. yourself the right nutrition over that long a period of time, you can, you can pull that off for a couple hours, but not a, not a full hundred. So she, he's like, yeah, he's starting to, I don't know if he's starting to cramp or what, but you know, he he's starting to struggle. Um, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this guy. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, we're in the nineties right now. And I'm like, I'm going to catch this guy. I've got yeah. 17 more miles or whatever like that. So I needed something, like I said, I needed something to be like, all right, to keep me in the race, yeah. just keep me engaged. It was, it was catching this guy. So I'm like, I'm going to catch this guy. I can't see him right now, but whatever, I'm going to catch him. So he was the rabbit. So I start running, you know, again, we're, we're, again, we're in the nineties. It gets to about mile 97 and I see this guy, he's on walking poles, right? Those trekking poles that you use in hiking. Yeah. So I know he's not doing well. You don't run with those, right? You know, you, nope. you're walking, you're using the support. So I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, you, you kind of obviously, yeah, you got sympathy, but it's, sure, it's at the same I, point, it's like, I, I know, hey, man. I'm gonna get top two now, and then maybe I can win. So, um, so I text Brittany, I'm like, you guys better hurry up because I'm gonna finish this race a little earlier than I thought. Because I told her about noon, <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd take me about 30 hours. Yeah. I was like, you guys better hurry up. I was like, I'm about to be in second place. I'm making a move. I'm gonna try to win this thing. Making so a I move in mile 97. Here we yes. go. We're coming in so, hot. This guy hears me running behind him coming up. He just gives me this look like, like you MF. Like, you know, he, he, like he's on. like, is there anybody else behind you? Like, he's like, cause I was in first place. Now I'm in yeah, second. Yeah. Now I'm going to be in third. Am I even going to place in this thing? But uh, you know, he kind of looked at me. He's like, you know, good job or whatever. But he's, he's just like, you know, he kind of gave me that look like, damn, he's like, I'm letting this race go. This guy's running at mile 97. Where's he? Where did he even come from? Um, He's got so, that broth, baby. That broth. Yeah, the bone broth, baby. Boot Hill Ranch. <laughs> so, um, anyways, so we, uh, so yeah, I pass him at 97, and um, I think he ends up finishing like an hour behind me or something like that. And I'm just like, maybe it's just because I hadn't slept, and I was just, you know. My mind was just all over the place. I'm like terrified this guy is going to get a second win, get pissed and just like run by me. So I'm like, I am just going to keep hauling. And I think I'm, I'm like, Tim's probably the guy who ends up winning. I'm like, he ended up beating me by about 21 minutes, um, which over the course of 107 miles, like I guess isn't that much. much. But uh, so I'm like, maybe I can catch him, but I'm, I'm definitely not going to get caught by this guy who's, you know, behind me right now because he's probably pissed. And uh, little did I know, he, he kind of hiked it in the rest of the way. But, you know, I'm just like, God, just using this as motivation to kind of – I'm running. Like, the last 
Wow. You know, again, in the 90s, in the 80s, 80s 90s, 100s, like I basically ran that whole time. And I didn't even think, I thought I'd be hiking the last, yeah. you know, I don't know, half of the race or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of funny when, when the mind is, is, is getting you to getting you to go the body follows and i'm like how am i running right now i'm like 100 i'm hitting 100 miles i'm like it's getting hot again so at that point i'm like i just need to get the heck out of here like you know i don't want to go through the whole morning and day of, of being cooking in the sun again so so you pretty much knew it sounded like that you were going to be in for a better finish than you probably could have imagined oh yeah and yeah. you felt good despite having just ran uh just <laughs> over 100 miles so take us to uh i guess like that literal final stretch of of a mile or a couple miles or so where you know yeah. that the family's gonna probably finish yeah. and you're sniffing being done you're sniffing yeah. placing you're sniffing perhaps you know maybe a record setting time if you were ever to do this again uh yeah, yeah take us through that moment what was was metallica blaring or was you guys nah, yeah they're that? they're off at that point once the sun came up i, I was like okay we can, we can turn them off they did they did their part of getting me through the night but um Put some smooth yeah, jazz on the cruise through the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Smooth operator. Right? Um, so Same. the last, the last mile is, um, is on asphalt. Like there's a little kind of um, okay. sidewalk. It kind of finishes on the side of a highway. So um, you, yeah, the, the last mile, I remember one lady, you know, she's right there. I, I know I'm about to be done. And um, she's like, you got one mile left and you start to see the, uh, you know, they have this big, um, inflatable thing over the finish line so i see that and it's like it's getting real that i'm about to finish this thing um about to finish in second place you know at that point um you know not a real emotional guy but yeah it started you know as soon as i crossed that finish line yeah definitely definitely teared up a little bit cried had a had a little moment with uh with Brittany and the twins there we had some good pictures and Brittany got a video of of crossing the finish line and um yeah, it's just surreal. I mean, it's just yeah. um, just very cool. You know, big race director comes over. He's like, yeah, you, you know, we finished in second place, and you know, this and that, and yeah, it was um, it was very very cool. And I'm glad it didn't collapse, and uh, you know, so I could actually enjoy that enjoy that moment. But um, but yeah, I just remember kind of going into the race, being like, you know, a lot of people do the marathons and and things like that, but you're you know, if I do this, I mean, it's pretty pretty elite, you know thing that not a lot of people you know have done so no i did not look up the number of people that have completed a hundred miler but i can guarantee you it is way smaller than anyone would probably guess um yeah. and my one humorous question for you that i can't help myself because i'm a terrible person but uh i'm guessing there's no chicken parms in the badlands uh line around there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, gosh, what do we do after the race? So my, it takes my stomach a while to calm down after that. I can't just, I, I can't sit down and just, you know, yeah. dig out right after. I think we went to uh, a lot of fast food. We were uh, in, in, you know, they're not a lot of, you know, kind of small towns, a lot of chain restaurants. Um, I think we went to McDonald's, got a bunch of chicken nuggets is what I was craving for some reason. Then I passed out and yep. then uh, I think we got, we got some some Mexican food that night. I had like one beer and fell asleep. That's it. Mission accomplished, <laughs> so, man. Exactly. 20, 27 hours, 46 minutes, 26 seconds. Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, that is uh, over a day of moving your body. And, yeah. Um, you know, not only, you know, you're, you, not only did you, did you place, but you 
I think you won your age group, which is usually yeah. a nice honor in itself. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, at least the picture that I believe your dad sent, or maybe I went, I, I, maybe you sent it, I, I, whatever I saw, you looked pretty happy. So I know you had that emotional <laughs> moment with the family and everything, but uh, yeah. could you believe that you did it? And, and were you thinking at all about sort of the journey that kind of got you to that point right there? Or was it kind of really like, oh my God, like I just, I just, I just ran 107 miles and I'm yeah, still, I'm still Def- definitely the, yeah, the, the happy to be done is kind of the immediate feel, but I mean, over the, you know, now and, and time since the race, you kind of go back and reflect of, you know, here's, here's, here's a guy who last March couldn't run to this, you know, the lake, right? Three miles or whatever, you know, without, without stopping and cramping or whatever. And here I go, I just, you know, you, you don't give up and you, you just stay at it. I mean, maybe whoever's listening, your race isn't a hundred miles, but it's like, you can do more than you think you can. Right. And you, it's just, it's just drive. It's, it's, it's self-motivation and, and, and just staying at it. And it was, it was pretty cool. Just, you know, I showed that, right. I mean, I was not a runner, you know, I, I still don't really picture myself as a runner when I, you know, when I say that, but, um, you, know, you you can do you know whatever you want to do it's just you know you gotta you gotta just push yourself and uh so that yeah that that thinking about all that wow you know last summer i ran this time i ran my first marathon ever i'd do that again and and here you go running 107 coming in second place i mean yeah it's uh yeah. it's pretty cool and you you feel kind of um you know proud of yourself i suppose for just for just staying stay in the uh stay in the past stay in the journey so well, absolutely. Uh, congratulations times, I don't know, 107 miles, whatever that <laughs> adds up to. Uh, we were ecstatic, obviously, when we saw the news. And I don't think I've seen as that many exclamation marks used in an email from your dad. So, uh, oh, wow. uh, so that was, that, I mean, it just, I, I'm just floored and, and um, just, just so happy for you. And it's just amazing accomplishment. And, and you guys, um, the fact the family was there to, uh, to, to share that moment with you. And uh, yeah, and I guess you, you kind of, uh, you're, you're one step ahead of me even today right now. My final question for you was, what advice do you have for other folks that are maybe listening that want to uh, attack a challenge, whether it's uh, yeah. whatever the mileage, uh, elevation, uh, or activity is? Uh, you know, you kind of answered it just there. So if you have anything else to add, um, yeah. please do. And then um, do I ask, do I dare ask what's next? Is it the Madison? Yeah. Is it Aspen? 3.0 <laughs> or something else yeah i'm running um pike's peak on sunday actually a week from today oh, come on it's, this it's, guy it's, yeah it's Look uh you this. run you oh. run a marathon a marathon up pike's peak which is a fourteen thousand foot mountain yeah. so it's a up and down it's, the, it's a half a half marathon highest, up, peak, half mar- highest uh, peak in colorado is that the one with the, the cog train or no it's got the cog train that goes yeah. up. You can drive to the top. Yeah, I don't think it's the highest one we have. It's in that class of okay. 14ers. Though. Okay, it's 14ers. So, so that's on Sunday. Um, okay, but, just, uh, just again. This so so okay. So Danny, <laughs> Danny has that coming up uh, in a week. He just by the way, it's only been two weeks since he crossed the finish line in yeah. the Badlands. So uh, yeah, you uh, you don't. You, I love it, man. There's no rest for the weary. You're just keep, keep at it along. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, talking about the present. <laughs> yeah, but but advice is, um, you know, I think every day matters, right? I mean, just doing the small things every day of not 
not hitting snooze, you know, if you commit to something, commit to it, right? Make a plan. Um, I write down my workouts or whatever I'm going to do that week, every week, just so I know, you know, I'm accountable. I owe that every day. Um, whether it's, you know, you being on a mission to walk your dog around the block for 20, 30 minutes, or, you know, getting on a bike, going swimming, whatever, I mean, whatever you want to do, doing yoga, meditating. I mean, just make that time for yourself and do it every day. You know what I mean? Because it's very easy to let, you know, people with, especially who have you know, kids and things like that, it's very easy to, you know, if I woke up and, um, you know, all of a sudden the kids are awake, I got emails going off, you know, my day is, is, is dragged into somebody else's direction, right? I've never had that time for myself. So it didn't have to be running. It could be whatever you want it to be, but make that time for yourself every day and just make sure you're doing it. I mean, that's, it's whether it's a physical thing like running or a mental thing, like a, like a meditation or something like that. Just, just make sure, make sure you're taking time for yourself. And, um, you know, that'll, that'll just keep you mentally, you know, well. And I think that's what everybody's looking for, right? I mean, just stay, stay mentally well these days, especially with COVID and everything like that, you know? So, um, you know, that, that, that's probably my biggest advice is just, you know, making a plan, sticking to it. And it's, it's every day. It's not, you know, Hey, I want to work out this week and I'll be good to go. Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta attack it, attack the resistance every day. So. Well, it's a great way to close this portion of the, uh, the podcast and, uh, just well, great words and, uh, words to live by lessons right there. Um, just again, congratulations. I, I just really, I still can't, I can fathom it. You, everything we talked about, being able to physically do that, but uh, that's still just, I'm in awe. It's really, really, really impressed. And uh, just congratulations. I hope you really, uh, I hope it continues to sink in as the next challenge uh, pops up in Pikes Peak and, and, uh, and beyond. So at this point, we are going yeah. to segue to a little bit more of the, uh, let's just say, funny side to the Patterns podcast here. I lined up a few trivia questions for Danny just to close things off. It wouldn't be a Powderhounds podcast without a few of them. And what I tried to do here was a little mix of the Badlands with a little Colorado connection. And okay. then, of course, Danny doesn't know this, but I have a final Jeff Purdy question for you. So uh, are you ready? Let's roll. <laughs> you, you've... Getting loose. <laughs> Get the assault tabs uh, ready here. Exactly. Tailwind. All right. So number one, we start in the Badlands, just like you did. True, false. The origins of the name Badlands comes from multiple sources who shared their difficulty traveling the land. True. That is true. That is. Uh, we're starting with a softball, perhaps, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's according to National Park Service. However, I also found the first humans to see the Badlands were Native Americans. Modern tribes like the Lakota Sioux called yeah. the land uh, Makosika. This has been translated into land bad or bad land. Some of the first European explorers also said a bad land to travel or traverse. Little, little water, not much to eat. And going back to President Roosevelt, he said the Badlands do not seem to belong to this earth. And that's a quote. <laughs> uh, so there's a little Teddy. And I think he, he did say his time in the Badlands, actually, upon reflecting about them, he said he wouldn't have been an effective president without that experience. Yeah. Kind of living off the land. So. Obviously a very well-traveled man for, for that 
time in, in history. And he, yeah, I think he said his time in the Badlands was his most fond memories. So yeah. pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Number two, uh, this is an open-ended question. So not going to be, uh, be a little, might be a little bit more difficult. What is the name of the large pillars of rock that are distinctive feature of the Badlands? Now there's a hint, a ski area in central Oregon shares its name. Mm. So there's, oh, uh, I'm not even going to, yeah, you're gonna to try to guess. No idea. All right. This no idea. The, the, I probably ran by them, but no you idea. You did. You must have. The yeah. hoodoos. The hoodoos. Okay. The pillar hoodoos. created by it's a rock uh, formation created by erosion, uh, usually with the um, like the sediment that forms when water yep. is running through the yeah. uh, land over over years, uh, eons perhaps. And uh, yeah, there's a hoodoo Oregon. I guess was the uh, second ski area to be founded in Oregon and the first in central Oregon. All right. There you go. This is going to be, this will be fun because you grew up in the nineties. Uh, multiple choice. The three nineties movies were filmed in the Badlands. Can you name them? This is multiple choice. So first is Armageddon, uh, Dances with Wolves, Gettysburg, Legends of the Fall, Starship Troopers, The Last of the Mohegans. Oh, some good movies in there. So um, three that were filmed in the Badlands. Let's go with Dances and Wolves. That would seem like it was. Correct. One yeah. is correct. Like Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, for the part of Lieutenant Dunbar's Wagon Trek. Yes. Right. Got it right. Just, just, just a good movie, and by good, I'm obviously being sarcastic. But with, uh, with Starship Troopers, one of them. Yes, it was. Yeah, actually. it was. That's awesome because it's kind of got that Mars type feel out there with the craters. And, That's uh, it. Sure yeah, does. Yeah. Okay. So I've got two. There's one more. One more. I'll go Armageddon, just because same deal, space, space theme. Clean sweep. Yes. Wow. Sir. Awesome. Surface of the asteroid yeah. in Armageddon, and it was the. Troopers is the landscape uh, for the alien planet of man-eating bugs. Great. Yeah, oh, who doesn't remember that scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, those are usually what my nightmares end up being about. All right. <laughs> so uh, this next question, uh, you're going to have to laugh because I went down a rabbit hole. I, when I do a little research for these things, I tend to look at the geography, like, the, like the, the maps. In this case, the map of North Dakota. Yeah. Having only driven through it once when I was younger, I, I just don't really remember it. So uh, I noticed uh like so you you said it was drive distance so you obviously drove there uh, yeah so what i noticed was there are seven state capital names are towns in north dakota so i want you to try to guess you have seven guesses do you know your state capitals did you do well in uh in history uh, yeah pretty well i know you're i know you're a whiz so i i do uh i would yeah. do well at this game had i created it or had i have i was was i a contestant but in uh capital. Did, does anything come to mind when you were driving uh, along the, I'm trying to think they might, they actually might've been from the East uh, sort of East side. So you might not have seen so, most of them. Oh, okay. I thought you meant East coast capitals. Um, there oh, are, I, you know, I probably there are wasn't two. paying. There yeah. are two. There are actually two. Uh, yeah. And sort of tri-state area in new England. There was a new England. I do remember that. Yes. That's not a capital, but there was a new England in North Dakota. That's I think it was right, right over the border. Yes. Um, yes. I do remember that. But uh, no, I don't. I, I probably oh, good, man. Like I yeah, said, this I is a rabbit hole. Capitals. So there's seven state capitals in North Dakota yeah. are Bismarck, the actual state capital of uh, North Dakota. Yeah. But then there's Montpelier. There's Trenton. There's Carson, Carson City, Nevada. There's yep. Salem. Uh, there's Lincoln. And then there's Cheyenne. It is spelled with an S. 
uh, in North Dakota, North Dakota's case, the C in Wyoming. But yeah, those are the yep. seven uh, seven state capital names that are towns in North Dakota. Huh. I just okay. We might have driven through some of those, but yeah, I don't yeah. recall them. Yeah. So I guess they're not very creative, perhaps, or maybe they're uh, you know honoring yeah. the capitals. I don't know. So this the second rabbit hole I went down was what you just actually said. There are some weird town names in North Dakota. One of which is New England. The other is Wimbledon. There's Havana, yep. Pillsbury. <laughs> Cannonball, Napoleon, Alamo, Rugby, Zap, Killdeer, and my favorite, yeah. but, Buttsville. Yeah, yeah, there is some – Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota has some funny – we stopped in one town called Chug-A-Water, I think, like <laughs> Chugging Water, Chug-A-Water. Um, there is uh, – where is yeah. some other – we stayed in Deadwood in South Dakota. There was a uh, uh, spearfish. Um, so it's just, they're all you know, kind of old. You put in mind of like Native American with what they might've called somebody or, or a town or something. So there's I love change. it. I love it. Yeah. I just thought that was uh, so funny. Just, uh, I'm like, wait a minute. Is there really like more than two state capital? There's three. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's four. Wait, Killdeer. Anyway. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, two more, a couple more questions and I'm going to let you go. We're going to transition to skiing and riding now. This is right. my so-called Colorado connection. Uh, maybe not this first one, but the following ones. How many active ski areas are in North Dakota? Obviously, they're not open now, but in the wintertime, uh, how many active ski areas are in North Dakota? Just looking for a number here. I would say three. Close. Four. I'm going to give really? that to you because that's, okay. that's pretty close. Okay. Yes. Yeah. According to the North Dakota Tourism Department, Huff Hill ski area, 450 vertical feet. Frostfire Park, <laughs> 350 vertical feet. Oh, man. Botany Winter Park, 800, 180 vertical feet, and Thrills Hills Ski Area. Uh, so that's compared to uh, <laughs> vertical in Colorado in uh, the, in the uh, thousands. Four, not five digits. Uh, not yeah. top, obviously, but elevation. All right. So that's, uh, that's kind of funny. The point being here is nobody talks about North Dakota skiing, but today, you know what, Danny, you and I are for about five more minutes. There you go. All right. Gotta here we go. We got three questions and then the final Jeopardy. At Huff Hill Ski Area, almost all the trails are named after animals. What animal and trail is not a black diamond? You, of course, will have no idea, but it's a multiple choice. Uh, antelope, badger, coyote, cougar. So one of those animals is not a black diamond. Cougar. No, it's badger. And oh, uh, it's okay. blue square. And I'm now yeah. realizing this is not a Colorado connection question, but the next. <laughs> it's okay. We got those animals out. All here. right. Uh, the next three are, yeah. What, all right. What Colorado town, I believe within Denver city limits, is part of a trail name at Frostfire Park? That's a good one. You got me. I'm going right. to Google it and cheat, but uh, you should just give me the answer. <laughs> it's Columbine. Is that a, is that a town in uh, considered? Oh yeah. Well, obviously they've they've got history there uh, for, yeah. for not for not good good reasons, but um, but, but yeah, like, that, uh, that's the town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like um, like Englewood, you know, yep. sort of like yeah. uh, they're considered part of like the. I wasn't sure when I was looking at the map. I'm like, I think this is its own. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a town. Zip code or something. Yep. Okay, yeah, and that, and just so folks know, Columbine is a is a perennial uh, plant that's found across the Rocky Mountains, and I guess yeah. also in North Dakota. Um, perhaps that's why they named the trail that. All right, so that's a uh, Frost Fire Park again, a ski area in North Dakota. All right, at Botanu Winter Park the quote-unquote jewel above the prairie what colorado ski area along i-70 is the lodge named after 
So you should, this one you might have a chance at because it's a long mm -hmm. I-70. Okay. Uh, and probably driven by it. Probably have. I don't think it's on either pass. Got a guess for me? Oh, there's no multiple choice. I'm sitting here waiting for the multiple choice. Uh, uh, Loveland is one that comes You around. got it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to make you, you work a little bit without yeah. the they're literally right on the highway. Uh, they're they're the one right below, right before the um, uh, the Love and Pets. Yeah, oh, Love and Pets. They close that over the when 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 weather gets bad. But yeah, that ski that ski resort's right on the highway. Yeah, that I don't think I've been to. So uh, that's on yeah. the list next time I get out. But yeah, ironically, uh, that's the name of the lodge at Botany Winter Park, which is you know my home. There you go. Here in Colorado. All right, so um, this next question is kind of ridiculous, so I think we're going to skip it. Uh, it's it's uh, Thrills Hills is also called Bear. Oh, what the heck? Why we're here? Bears Den Mountain. Um, okay. So they've taken the bear theme to all their uh, to to their ski trails. So what yeah. ski trail name is an imposter? Black bear, brown bear, grizzly bear, panda bear, big bear, little bear, great bear, or cave bear? Whoa. It's a lot of bears. Which one's an imposter? Like not on that mountain? Yeah. I'll say panda bear. You're going to hate me. Uh, no, they're all actual trail names. They're, those are all the trails. Oh, so it's a trick a question. question. Come on now. I know it's terrible, but I, I yeah. found that like, really? Like that's, they did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if like, do they even have grizzly? They probably do in North Dakota. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, I didn't see any. Yeah, no, me too. All right, this is it. Final, Jeff Pretty. This one should also make you laugh. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you a question and uh, I'm gonna give you three hints, see if you can get the answer. So you don't have to bet any money. You don't have to say what is uh, and how you answer the question. Using the names of select Madahe trail system trails, which I listed in the opening, if you were listening, what mm. iconic Colorado location along I-70 can be formed with those names? So again, uh, there's nine segments of the trail system. Yeah. Uh, what iconic Colorado location along I-70 can be formed with those names? So not all of them, but like a couple of them is sort of the yeah. idea here. The hint, the, here are the hints. Okay. The first hint is spicy. Second hint. 254, 254. Third hint, Denver Zoo. So again, what iconic oh Colorado uh, location along I-70 can be formed with those names? And right. spicy. Yeah, those are 254, tough 254, Denver Zoo. 254. I can also list them again, but I, I don't want to hear you struggle. So I'm just going to do a quick That's all right. screen share. Yeah, do it. Do and it. see how, how you react Surrender. to this. Oh my gosh, I've driven by that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> What's the 254? Oh, is it exit 254? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Exit yeah. Okay. So we're looking at the uh, Buffalo Herd yep. Overlook, the uh, yeah. two trails were Buffalo Gap, but I'm going to give myself yep. the Buffalo there and the Overlook Trail, which was the mere 0.3 miles. Must have been some sort of lookout. 
Yeah, the uh, spicy buffalo, 254, exit 254 in Denver Zoo. Uh, I guess they raised the buffalo at the Denver Zoo originally, like in the, uh, when it first opened, like like in the okay. 1920s. And yeah. Re, they put them yeah. to graze permanently in that protected area. So yeah, uh, that's how my, my mind works, Danny. That's that's how I come up with things. So that's awesome. uh, I appreciate you uh, putting up with it. And uh, for the record, yeah, I no, this thought was about fun. working in uh, Summit. Uh, was a trail uh, segment at Summit County and Wolf was another segment, Wolf Creek. But uh, I just thought, you know what, Danny's got to get back to his family on this Sunday. So <laughs> we're going to leave it there. And uh, unless yeah. there's anything I left out, I didn't ask, or you wanted to, uh, to follow up on or clarify anything. Otherwise um, I will let you go. And I'm just going to remind folks once again, to uh, listeners, we'd love for you to make a donation to keep, uh, resolved the National Infertility Association going and uh, support their advocacy work, uh, whether it's in Colorado, other states, or in, in Washington, D.C. But uh, any last words, Danny? And uh, otherwise, once again, congratulations and yeah. uh, wish you the best at Pikes Peak. And uh, once you get to Madison and hopefully Aspen uh, next year. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think we I think we covered it. Really appreciate you uh, you bringing me on. This was this was fun, and we'll have to have to do it again after I take care of a couple more of these races. Oh boy. I love to have it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that, man. Uh, you are invited. Welcome anytime. And uh, Danny, thank you so much for joining yeah. me today. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it again. Say hi to everybody. It's four o'clock time to catch the last chair. Thank you for listening. Have a question, comment, or correction. Contact me on Twitter at Powderhound Skis. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, Google Podcast Manager, Verbal, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just type Powderhound Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slope, Powderhound.